Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Great Forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is Radio for the Hauntological Turn. This episode of the Nightbird Radio Podcast was brought to you by SB. If you'd like to support the show and hear your name or a cryptic message in lieu of your name read at the top of the next episode, head to nightbirdpodcast.com and navigate to the Support the Show page. Thank you so much for your generous support. You keep this show going. And remember to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts and give me a five-star rating. That helps a lot. I'm also on Instagram at Nightbird Podcast, on YouTube at Nightbird Podcast, on Mastodon at Tim Saylor at Numenauts.club, and on Telegram at t.me slash Nightbird Radio. And welcome back, Nightbirds. It's great to have you back, and it's great to be back. This week I was joined by Mel Priestley and Jack Steiger for a look ahead at the astrology of 2023. So without further introduction, let's get to the forecast. Mel Priestley and Jack Steiger, welcome to the Nightbird Radio 2023 Astrology Forecast. How are y'all doing? Doing great, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great, Jack. How are you doing? I'm I'm feeling quite good, you know. Uh, slept in. I'm feeling quite cognitively enhanced with all the caffeine, so Very looking good. forward to today. Um, before we jump into it, um, how has the space weather been for y'all lately? Well, I was just complaining about the uh, <laughs> Mars retrograde in Gemini, which is having very Mercury ret type qualities for me personally and for people around me. Lots of tech issues, lots of communication breakdowns, lots of like things not arriving in the mail, which I mean, it's Christmas. Yeah, time, I'm so having that. that. Happens, but yeah. 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 I've actually found this lunation that we're in quite quite auspicious like it's just been quite nice just the ambient feeling of of hope and optimism which i think comes from jupiter and pisces has just been quite good i wasn't expecting it to be this to be this uh pleasant but i i i found this 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 uh this uh sagittarius lunation to be really just i don't know just i just feel good and uh i um, i'm trying to ride the ride the vibe for as long as i can yeah, I feel like, and I've seen it too, and in, in in my friends and and the people that are kind of aware of this, like, um, I seem to have noticed that a lot of people have mentioned that it seems like something came unstuck, like some energy shifted or something. Does that track with y'all? Like, and it's been this past week, and even for me too, it's great. And then I got like a cold, but even still, like I'm doing, like yesterday, I was feeling the worst I felt in this cold. But I still like edited a whole podcast and got it out and did all my promotional stuff. Yeah. So the full moon earlier this week, which was conjunct Mars, which did either of you go look at it because Mars went right behind the moon. It was actually pretty cool. Um, it was it felt a little spicy. So the thing about for me, the way the way the Mars is landing in my chart and then with the full moon there, uh, this Mercury retrograde, it's it's Mars is making me want to burn out and he's often winning. So I have been feeling 
like just super overworked. And it's, it's kind of like a good overwork because I've had a lot of opportunities and work projects coming at me that I'm taking because there are opportunities and there's money and stuff. But I'm very aware that um, they spiral out of control very quickly, like all of them. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's way more work than I intended to be. And I have five of them on the go. I better cool it because that way leads to burnout and getting sick and things. So I'm, I'm so far I'm on the cusp. But in terms of like coming unstuck, I'm not sure I've noticed that yet. But that could also be just like how, how it's hitting me personally. I'm just feeling yeah. honestly like work, work, work. Mm. Yeah, in terms of unstuck, um, it's I think it, it, it's it's potentially for me it was coming out of eclipse season, mm. and because we we headed from a very bad moon to a very good moon, like this new moon in Sagittarius that we had um, end of last month, I found uh, was quite in quite good condition. So mm-hmm. it could just be just that contrast because like, you know, eclipse season is just so, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of sickly and malefic. And, you know, it, it could just be like, you know, you know, getting out of the frigid cold and into the nice welcoming warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I, it's interesting because I feel like there's an aspect to this. And let me know if you agree at all. Where like. I, um, it's like ignorance is bliss like before i knew that i don't maybe i didn't notice it because i didn't have the words to put to it and i didn't have like the time in context but like once i knew that eclipses were like that i felt like i felt it more <laughs> I'm like, uh, Damn. I, yeah i had this conversation last night with a group of astrologers actually <laughs> it was our christmas party and uh yeah i had ch- i was chatting with a woman who has like a big capricorn um stellium and I asked her how she had found it was, and it's across her first and seventh. And I asked her how the 20, like 2020 ish was right. Because of course we had all the big pile up in Capricorn and the eclipses were there and all that stuff. She's like, I, it was pretty good actually. Like she, she, it was like not a bad time for her at all. And now they're in her like um, fourth and 10th houses. And she's like the, the eclipse cycle particularly. And she was like, they're, they're awful. They're gross. But she also knows way more about astrology now than she did those few years ago. And so, yes, I do think that there is an element of ignorance is bliss. And also, I do think eclipses will probably affect people who are in the more magical spaces more. So I think, mm. and usually yeah. learning about astrology coincides with you also learning more about magic and doing magic because they, you, totally. you got to get the timing to go hand in hand, right? So I do think that that's, that's, that's one thing I would throw out there for why I think eclipses might, you might notice them more if you're paying attention because you're probably doing more space weather stuff in general. Mm. Yeah, I think awareness is a big piece of it too. Just like, um, and I think that you're right. Like, the more, like, that we become aware of the currents of like all kinds of different power that flows, we just become more sensitive in general. And I found that to be true in my life. Um, well, cool. Do we have anything to say before we jump into this? Anything more about that? Yeah, I mean, we could do. So we didn't do a 2022 forecast because, right. yeah, I don't know. When did you start your podcast? It was, it was uh, early this year. And then I kind yeah. of, yeah, it, it was like a, like kind of a slow start. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had yeah, a relocation so I mean, happen between the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, doing a recap of 2022, like, I don't think we need to do that necessarily, but then of course these, these things are all cycles and, 
the way I see um, 2023 is it is the conclusion of a multi-year cycle, but especially the cycle that's been kind of going over um, since 2020, 2021, especially that kind of concludes early in 2023. And then there's a major turning point next year where I think things are going to feel and look a lot different than they have. And so I do think that the story of 2023 is kind of a transition year where we're also moving into like a whole new chapter for, for everything. Yeah. There is a period in 2023, which we'll get to, which will be feel quite weighty and will probably kind of have the same degree of momentous shift as a March of 2020 had. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to that in good time, but um, yes, I, I agree. I think 2023 has uh, there, there's going to be a pivot point where it will feel drastically different. It's the next stage of uh, it's it's the next chapter in the in, in in the story of this decade. Cool. So, kind of going from um, it kind of, are we wrapping up the plague narrative and going into the war narrative? Is that what's happening? Because that's what it feels like. And I'm sure there's going to be residue, right? Like that's never over. But um, yeah, that's a, too clean. Is that too clean? Yeah, it's too clean. Yeah. <laughs> I like it messy. It's messy. It's going to get messy and confusing. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it, but I don't think it's the it's the end of the uh, health panic. I think you're actually going to see some uh, an evolution of that narrative. Yeah, um, and I go ahead. Well, I I just we we can get to that when when we get to that period in the year. But yeah, it's I don't think that that story is uh, that story is going to reach and and it uh it's definitely is going to reach a very important step but it's it's i don't think that 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 that's over because i very much think that like what we're seeing now is is how war is fought in the age of air like Mm. yeah it's a mind war um in many ways it's and depending on your mindset you may feel completely at peace or you may feel like you are being besieged on all fronts um I do think you're being besieged on all friends, kind of, but hopefully you can find some peace in that and realize that it is just a mind war. Just a mind war. I mean, that's still... (laughs) But no, I guess to kind of wrap it up... I love that. um, (laughs) Can we have a shirt that says, it's just a mind war? It's just a mind war. What's your problem? Um, So to kind of, yeah, bring this home. So, okay, we're we're kind of talking around this. So I think we'll just like dive in. So 2020, of course, you know, the world blew up in a big way. And what happened then? Well, we had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. There was actually a huge pile up in Capricorn at the time. The eclipses were there, I think I mentioned, and Mars was there. It was like this whole big shit show in Capricorn. Um, And Capricorn is like institutional structures, like on a very basic level. Um, So that Saturn-Pluto conjunction there opened a new cycle for the Saturn-Pluto cycle. Um, It was also Saturn really getting down to Saturn town, you know, going through his signs, which we've been in a, a heavy Saturn period for like, uh, almost five years now. So Saturn went into Capricorn at the very end of 2017 and will be exiting into Pisces in March 2023. So that concludes sort of the Saturn and Saturn signs for five years-ish, um, which is good. So all of the the war, the pandemic or whatever is going on, I actually think that 2020 was the worst and I don't see anything similar to that coming up now is it all going to be like you know 
the age of Aquarius. I hate that. No, it's not. I don't even know what that means. But people are saying that because Pluto is going into Aquarius. And that is the other big story for 2023, right? So I actually do have more optimism for next year and kind of moving forward than some people do, I think, when they look at the space weather. And I do think that there's an element of uh, people feeling burned from how bad it got in 2020. But you, you, it is important to just realize that that space weather was was quite momentous. It was generational. Like, And, and thank God we don't have something like that again. Like, There's going to be big, big things, but not quite to that extent. Cool. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, 2020 was a big, there was just so much, so much in the way of shifts going on, just like epochal shifts, like the Saturn Pluto is a, is a, is a real like history marker. And, but then you also had the Jupiter Saturn conjunction, mm-hmm. like it's just, it, it was just a big, a big just moment in history. And it's mm-hmm. just, and, and it coincided with this decade. And it seems like a lot of agendas seem to be, you know, like, uh, targeting 2020 to commence some serious projects. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, 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 that, there was definitely a very strong and, and really just dramatic, uh, shift forward in a lot of areas. Uh, I do think 2023 with the Pluto ingress into Aquarius is going to be another, um, another acceleration forward yeah and uh and um yeah so i i guess we don't want to jump ahead too far but yeah march is a is a real turning point to borrow a term from email yeah yeah i think if you're sorry tim go ahead no you go ahead please okay so in terms of if you're trying to parse out the whole next year 2023 it is hard to kind of conceptualize a whole year in astrology right you kind of we, we tend to talk about these different cycles overlapping and things and then cram it into a calendar year and call it a day I guess but if, yeah. you, if you're trying to just describe what it's going to be like 2023 is really front-loaded in terms of a bunch of stuff happens early in the year in the first quarter in, in March quite frankly and then you know another kind of shift in June and then there, there's a few other things throughout the year but really, you know, that first quarter is going to be like pretty stacked, the first half, in, you know, even. And then this, the, I think, I think that'll give us a good glimpse. I think this first half of 2023 is going to give us a, some glimpsing into, okay, what what is coming down the road? And then I think there's going to be a period of maybe reflecting back for the second half of that year on like, okay, what, you know, what are we bringing with us? What are we leaving? Like that, that type of thing. And that that is really tracking the Pluto movement into Aquarius. So Pluto takes 248 years to go around the sun. So it, but it also has a really wonky orbit. Um, so it's really inclined off the ecliptic, which means that it goes through some signs really fast and other signs really slow. So it doesn't have a very even passage through the, um, through the sign that goes slowest in Taurus and fastest in um, Scorpio. So we're just coming out of Pluto being at its sort of fastest um, point. And so it's going to take uh, quite some time now to to kind of get into Aquarius and go through that. Um, so just to give some people some dates on that. So we might as well jump into that. So the first ingress Pluto goes into Aquarius is March 23rd, 2023. And he just dips into like the first, just the first degree and then turns retrograde and goes back to Capricorn in, on June 11th, 2023. And then does not go back to Aquarius until early 2024, January 20th, 2024. So really from that period of like March to June, 
2023, we get just the first little teaser of Pluto and Aquarius. Um, and so that's really going to be a time to watch. Uh, the eclipses fall in there too. So that'll be interesting. And the eclipses are shifting to the Aries Libra axis. So there's a shift there too. So yeah, I think that's going to give us just our first little taste of Pluto into Aquarius. But I think that um, we're not really going to fully realize what that might bring um, for a while. So Pluto always takes like one to two years to go over like fully into a new sign. And so those periods can be, yeah, it's just sometimes murky to see what's going on, but sometimes big things can happen. So the last time Pluto changed signs and went into uh, Capricorn from Sagittarius, that was in 2008. Do you remember what happened in 2008 and nine? Yes. <laughs> Global yeah. financial crisis. Yes. Yeah. So I've been wondering if we're going to get like a parting shot of uh, Pluto kind of going back and forth over the the Aquarius Capricorn. And are we going to get another financial crisis? I mean, things are pretty rocky in that department. So could be. Maybe um, some CBDCs. Let's let's. Okay. So since we're just jumping into it, let's just go, go right into, into 2023, starting with um, the first quarter. Nightbirds. I hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far and there's more to come. But first I have to ask that you support the show. As I'm sure you've noticed, there are no commercials on this show. There are no paywalls. You get everything up front. For there to be free dialogue here, I think it must remain uncaged by the interests of advertisers. But Nightbird Radio does cost time and money to make, and your support means I can spend less time delivering pizza and more time doing this. That's a win-win. So that's why Nightbird Radio is a value-for-value podcast. I hope you've found value in this show, but I can't and won't dictate just how much. Only you can decide that. But what I can do is invite you to take that value, turn it into a number, and head to www.nightbirdpodcast.com and hit the donate button located on the front page to offer your support. We're also listed on podcastindex.org which means you are able to send Bitcoin via the Lightning Network using your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps, which can be found at newpodcastapps.com. And finally, I also accept dry goods. Email me at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com for more information. Sponsors will get a special mention on the show. Thank you for your generous support. Now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, January is going to start off messy and confusing and angry <laughs> because we've mm -hmm. got we've got the conclusion of Mars in, Mars retrograde in Gemini, and at the same time Mercury will also be retrograde, um, and so that so you know with Mercury ruling with Mercury ruling Mars um, in Gemini, right, and then with Mercury also being retrograde himself, that is just like angry confusing communications it's, it's going to feel like really mucky and that that happens like mercury stations retrograde at the end of the year uh 2022 i should say so in late december so yeah it'll be um yeah i think it'll it'll start off we might be like what 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 is this year what's going on but they both station retrograde or direct sorry uh right in the middle sort of of mm. january so i think we're gonna like you know, after this sort of fog period over the holidays and into the new year, I think we'll get some some more clarity coming in, um, you yeah. know, sort of towards the end of January. Yeah, I've heard it from multiple places that one shouldn't finalize their 
New Year's resolutions until mid-January on account mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. two uh, retrogrades stationing direct in the middle of the month. Um, it's uh, so there does seem to be a bit of like, yeah, I think coming out of the holidays, there will be a lot of uncertainty. Like I could be something to the effect of like, you know, I think we're, we're dealing with inflation at the moment that's m- mounting. And but it's kind of like people are kind of just blithe about it and not fully aware. And I think it might there could be the sense of like going into the new year. It's like, what? how much money did I spend this this holiday season? Like it's like and like this is how much things cost now. So it's not exactly sure footing. Um, But yes, there is there does seem to be this uh, this uh, clarification around mid-January. So um, I find the retrogrades very useful for like. self-interrogation purposes like it could be a good time to formulate plans or 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 like test plans like kind of stress test plans and uh you know because uh retrogrades are very good for questionings like and i i think uh it could be a you you could make new year's resolutions if that's your thing and then use the retrogrades to figure out okay so this is what i'm going to do so how do i do that and then finalize your plan by the middle of the month. That's one way of thinking with it. But yeah, mid-January seems to be when things, there, there'll be a clear path, um, a clearer path forward come um, mm-hmm. mid-January. Yeah, that's definitely good advice for the, for the individual level. I think on a more you know broader geopolitical type level, um, just prepare for communications in general to be like extra spicy and i feel like that's so cliched at this point because do we have non-spicy communications ever like everything is this you know flame war (laughs) stuff going on but but you know okay and i hate to bring up twitter because oh my god like are we all sick of hearing about elon musk and twitter but it really does capture the mars retrograde and gemini thing all of these big moves happening and and all of these people talking about speech and free speech and who gets to talk and who gets to talk where and all of this stuff fits that really perfectly so i see that kind of increasing honestly towards like you know the end of the year beginning of 2023 it might reach some sort of like fever pitch maybe some big incident who knows and then things will start to hopefully calm down yeah sort of later in the month but it's it's really going to be i think just more of that um this Mars retrograde period is really, um, I think it actually started off more gentle and it's been kind of building as it goes on. Um, and yeah. then again, when Mar- when Mercury stations retrograde, which just to give people dates is December 29th, 2022 at 24 Capricorn, and then uh, goes to January 18th, 2023, uh, and stations direct at 8 Capricorn. So all through that Capricorn area. So it's, it's almost like Mercury is bringing a final review of what's been happening in Capricorn since, you know, like 2020-ish, right? Like, let's review, let's review all of this. And Capricorn being institutional structures, as Pluto moved through that since 2008, you know, he's really shaken the foundations and sometimes like burned it down um, of all of those institutions. So finance, um, health, government, like all of that. So it's a good time to take stock of that for yourself personally. Um, And maybe, maybe it will coincide with people. I think people are realizing you can't, tr- no one has faith in institutions anymore, right? Does anyone uh, at the end of all of this think like, yeah, I can really trust my government and I can really, you know, the healthcare system's good. There's a solid foundation. No, like not at all. Right. So it'll be a good time to sort of 
reevaluate on your own sake. Like, okay, what does it mean if I can't trust the government and the healthcare system is really not reliable and the financial system is not reliable either? Like, what do I need to start doing differently, you know, and how is that going to really impact me personally? Yeah. In that regard, that um, early January could be a good time to get into prepping in a sense, you know, like kind of learning, like thinking with self-sufficiency, um, you know, because it's like, you're right, the, stru the structural institutions are, uh, you know, they they've been quite thoroughly interrogated over the course of these, you know, past three years now. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's, it's certainly one is kind of has a responsibility to themselves to, you know, have mm -hmm. other measures in place to take care of themselves and their families. Yeah. I also do feel though, if you haven't started prepping by then, you're going to like the time to prep oh, yeah. was a long time ago. And, and a lot of people have been, I mean, we saw that over the pandemic where a bunch of people who weren't normally going to do that type of thing, you know, suddenly stocking up mad groceries and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there will just be more and more people realizing if they haven't mm. already, like, oh, geez, like maybe I have to do things differently and, and that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so that's, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, I kind of wanted to ask a little bit about Mars stationing retrograde in terms of like, what does it look like for Mars to now retread over the territory that it was going back in retrograde? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know the proper mm -hmm. term for this, but it's mm -hmm. is that the shadow? Uh, no, the shadow's on the either side of it, of okay. the retrograde, but yeah, so, so as it's re it's retracing its steps through Gemini where it right. had, you know, gone previously turns around goes back and then we'll station direct and go back for one more pass. So, yeah. So, I mean, after Mars stations direct at eight Gemini on January 13th, 2023, he then has to go all, almost all the way back through Gemini and it won't get out of Gemini until March. Again, another one of those March turning points is um, is Mars finally getting out of Gemini, where he will have been since, oh, was it? It's August. No, September. Anyway, uh, somewhere around there. So for like six months, basically. So we're yeah. kind of rehashing over the what's happened in that time. Mm -hmm. Since the fall, basically, fall 2022, um, yeah. and specifically in Mars stuff. So, you know, Mars, of course, being war and military and fires and anger in general. Um, and it's we've really seen that in the U.S., obviously. Gemini is the seventh house of the U.S. chart, so it and it hits the natal uh, U.S. Mars and Uranus. <laughs> so it's it's quite spicy, and that's also why I think we've seen so much action happening and military action, too, um, related to that, you know, the U.S. Are they... Are they technically not involved in the Russia-Ukraine thing? They're kind of like, it's like a proxy for, right? Like, they, we yeah. all know they're involved, but they're not, I guess, sending American soldiers there. So, I yeah. think there are American soldiers going there, but not like on in an official capacity. They're like mercenaries and stuff. Oh, mm. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, billions of dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like, it's like the certainly we would like to be involved. I think that they're gauging the like the the social opinion of that like it's they're they're biding their time you know so but mm -hmm. yes like i do think that with mars stationing direct like it's worth thinking on a personal level like what you were going through from like fall um you know uh because 
this is why I find journaling so effective because you can revisit those time periods. You'll just notice that when retrogrades take place, the things that were going on during the quote unquote shadow period do get revisited during the retrograde and then get revisited again during the, the station direct. So, um, there is a lot of things, um, that will during that period of time will be, uh, brought up again on, mm-hmm. at the uh, mundane and personal level. Very nice. So it looks like here, like February might be a little bit, um, is February kind of chill. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be sorting out from the, uh, the Mars Mercury thing. So it'll be kind of picking up the pieces of, of whatever fallout might've been from that. Hopefully getting on a personal level, energy levels back up to more like steady sort of, that's one thing I've noticed about the Mars retrograde is energy levels kind of are more variable. Um, you know, where you're like, really like, ah, I'm amped up and I'm good to go. And then the next day you're like, I have no energy whatsoever and I'm just going to sit and do nothing. So hopefully a little bit evening out and just sorting out, um, especially in the, the, you know, Mercury Gemini realm that this is happening in anything to do with thoughts and communications and things that may have gone haywire. Um, just hopefully picking up the pieces. So February, I think, yeah, there's no major like astrological events per se. It's it's more just going to be kind of unwinding from all of that, but we're also going to be edging towards all of the stuff happening in March. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would describe it as chill. It's like the long <laughs> breath before the plunge to use a quote from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And one thing that does happen, this is technically late January, but it is, I would say February stories, Venus goes into Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might contribute to that, um, you know, chill effect you're referring to. Um, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, Venus is, you know, exalted in Pisces, so she'll be in a very happy place. So there should Mm. at least be some sort of honey happening somewhere in your life. um, Yeah. Make make for a good Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes, I was about to say. Um, So, yeah, there is this kind of calm before the storm, I feel, with with February, because as Mm. we get into March, that is when some, you know, the aforementioned momentous shifts take place. So chill in insofar as the calm before the storm is chill. Great. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> which brings us to March, which we already talked about a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, it's hard, it's hard not to talk about March. I mean, when you look at the transits for next year, you know, you're, we're really looking at like the major outer planet sign changes, of course, the inner planet. So basically everything in from Mars, Mars is kind of on that, that cusp, you know, depending on whether he's in a retrograde year or not. Um, and so of course, 2023, he will be, you know, completing a retrograde cycle um, Mars goes retrograde about every two years or so. So the good news is then we get fast Mars for the rest of 2023 after he, um, you know, stations directing and starts going straight and fast Mars is happy Mars. So that will at least be good. You know, Mars wants to go vroom. So, so that'll be nice now. Yeah. Mar- so March, I mean, I'll give people the dates and the action that's happening and then we'll kind of go from there. So, um, Saturn ingress is into Pisces on March 7th. 2023 Pluto ingresses into Aquarius on March 23rd, 2023. And then Mars ingresses into cancer on March 25th. So you get like bang, 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 you know, all the malefics, Saturn, Mars, Pluto, all shift signs within like a two week period or something. Mm. So that is pretty, pretty big. And that's, that's going to be noticeable. Like That's just a major, major shift. Um, Saturn does, does not go back to Aquarius. Once he's out of there, he's done. So he's into Pisces now for good. 
Um, Mars, same thing, you know, is going to go into Cancer and, and be there. And then Pluto, as I mentioned at the, the start of this, will kind of grind back and forth and only dip into Aquarius just briefly until June and then heads back to Capricorn for a bit. So, yeah, that March, it's a really major tone shift. And, you know, I wish I could know what that's going to feel like. I have a, like a little speculation. All I can say for sure is the world is going to start to feel very different after March 2023 than it has for certainly the last three years. I would say even for the last five years and then maybe even the last 15 years. I mean, that's so that's like, you know, going back to when. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought when Saturn was in Saturn signs about five years ago, right at the end of 2017. Saturn not being in his own sign is like, I think, a good thing. So Saturn and Pisces can bring some other problems. And it's gearing up for the next major outer planet conjunction, which is going to be Saturn, uh, Saturn, Neptune, which doesn't happen for a few years, but we'll start to, you know, initiate that period with him going into Pisces. But just giving Saturn like a major loss of dignity. So he's no longer kind of calling the shots, I think is going to be a good thing. So think back to what, what did the world feel like in like, 2016 17 before Saturn went in there I it's hard to say I think because this is the thing about Saturn is once you he, he spends so long in back-to-back -back his own signs that by the end of it you just feel so like kind of oppressed and weighty and you're like this is always how the world feels it's always so heavy and dark no it's not actually but we've been in a really dark heavy Saturnian time so I'm actually really looking forward to him getting the hell out of his own sign and into Pisces whatever that might bring but yeah, I think that that there's going to be a, like a, maybe a little uplift because of that, or at least just not crushing like oppression anymore. Yeah, there's a real like totalitarian bent to Saturn. And with him being in his domicile for the last five years, it's just been, you know, it, you've, you've seen the building out of just limits and rules and and uh, the strengthening of, of you know, go. Uh, uh governance um so saturn into pisces will definitely feel there is this other like it's almost like because what happens is it's like saturn goes into pisces on march 7th and pluto won't ingress into into aquarius until march 23rd so i feel like there's almost like the way i conceptualize it it's almost like when the the water pulls back after you know I don't want to say tsunami necessarily, but like a big wave. Um, there's this pulling back. So there's going to be this period where I think it's going to be like an almost eerie calm. Like I don't want to rehash the word, the, the term calm before the storm, but I don't know. You ever feel that like eerie calm before a storm, like the, the bird, like why are the birds leaving? What's going on? What do they know mm -hmm. that I don't? Um, so, cause I do think what Pluto and Aquarius is going to do is, is going to be, quite riotous i mean if we look at pre, pre like pluto's last time in aquarius was a long time ago it's like about 250 years ago and i think like that's when you had the french revolution is just one example because Plut aquarius is like associated with like you know groups of people at a demographic level and um pluto has this capacity to just bring out the worst in things like Pluto is this real corrupting kind of influence. And I think what you could, a good example of Pluto and Aquarius it, and what, what Pluto and Aquarius can do is the French revolution, which is like people gathering under a banner and, but perpetrating 
extreme violence. And um, this is something that I think Pluto and Aquarius is going to see. It is go- I think we're going to see a lot in the way of civil unrest because Aquarius is about like the people or the peoples of the world. And um, so there's a way in which that kind of complements like Saturn moving out of his domicile. Like, I feel like this is going to be potentially over the course of Pluto's time in Aquarius, uh, just violent insurrection. Cause it's like now the, now the, the, the God of like totalitarian hierarchical structure is on, is, is on bad footing. So I think you're going to see, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's it's going to be quite raucous. So like a pendulum regard. swing, like a pendulum swing to the other direction in response to like systematic oppression is kind of what I'm getting from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I think I think that, that that that's borne out in the space weather. I do think that that you're gonna see and I think there are some things that will that will uh trigger that. Like I do actually I was doing a little bit of research, like I do think that. Pluto and Aquarius is going to like that. I think you're going to see, you know, there was that who pandemic treaty, which they're trying to formulate. And that apparently they have a meeting for that to negotiate what that treaty is going to look like in February. Like, so I think that whatever comes from those meetings, like it's very possible that like, I kind of have this, vague notion that you're going to see perhaps a new covid variant or some kind of other you know whatever new hot topic virus comes comes about but it might be i think that could take place and i think that you might see uh um something along the ways of like you know another lockdown and you know potentially a push for you know, vaccine mandates, because, you know, that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction took place very early Aquarius. And I do associate that with like, a lot of, you know, the kind of, you know, the health management crisis that we went through. So Pluto's going to be as soon as he enters, uh, as soon as he enters Aquarius is going to be very close to that, ju- the degrees where that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction took place. It's actually will be within the same degree. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that's going to be revisited, but I think this time with Saturn not being in domicile, it's going to be, I think people, people are just sick of it. Right. Like I think, well, pe- that's yeah. yeah. Saturn not being in domicile is where the people get to do the revolution because yeah. the, you know, the boss is not in control anymore. <laughs> the boss is busy yeah. goofing off with Neptune and Pisces. So yeah, like to go to go into all of that. So Pluto is is profound transformation, you know, sort of on a basic level. And Aquarius is, I see Aquarius as social structures. It is groups of people. Um, so if we compare it, like Capricorn is um, institutional structures, so healthcare, finance, um, education, governmental, you know, just basic stuff. Aquarius is social structures, so family structures, um, all of the way we order ourselves in in our society and, and relate to one another. And that is really going to be like profoundly transformed over Pluto's movement through Aquarius. Um, you mentioned the French Revolution. And yeah, the last time Pluto was in Aquarius was between 1777 and 1798. And Pluto spent the first two years of that period. So between like April 1777 um, and December 1st, 1778, going back and forth between Capricorn and Aquarius. So it's, it's good to always look back and say, okay, well, what happened in history? 
Mm. So the French Revolution didn't happen until 1789 to 99. Um, so it was kind of when Buddha was in the middle of Aquarius. Um, but I mean, that it still represented that sort of profound social structure shift, right? So prior to that, you know, you had the king, the monarchy in charge of France, and everyone was just kind of under all of that. And then you had the Enlightenment ideas of like liberal democracy and um, and all of those Enlightenment things coming in. But you also had ever increasing like economic, social and political inequality. And that that's really so what, what triggered the French Revolution? We hear about, oh, they got this idea of democracy. And yeah, well, food prices also got crazy high. And when food prices get super high, then you get a revolution. And that that is yes. kind of what happened, right? Like it got so expensive to live that people were like enough and they overthrew the monarchy and replaced it with, you know, democracy. And that's kind of where we saw that first um, really like liberal democracy come into play. And so I think this time around, we also, we're going to see like, I mean, democracy has been talked about for a while. Right. And like people are, are realizing that it's might, maybe not all it's cracked up to be, or maybe we're not even in one or, so that's really something that's going on. Um, I actually, I do find it a little, it's a little scary, to be honest, because you're going to see mobs of people who are going to be really emboldened by ideas um, and these enlightenment ideas. So liberté, égalité, fraternité, you know, so those that was the motto of the French Revolution seems nice on paper. But let's not forget that after they overthrew the king, we had the reign of terror um, yeah. because, you know, it was this forced equality and it, yeah. i just i think of the woke movement you know for lack of a better word in this this forced like equality and equity and stuff and i'm like yeah when you get those principles run amok is when you get like enforced yes. everyone has to be on the same footing and and they cannot tolerate any differences of any kind and so that's like the sort of darker side i think of what yeah. could be happening there for sure and we've already seen like a lot of yeah. that happen yeah, like I don't mean to say that I'm optimistic about this uh, this revolutionary spirit that will come about. Like, because the French Revolution was, ex you know, uh, very bloody and did not have a good outcome, uh, broadly speaking. And um, I do think that you know the powers that be do force. I think that they there are you know definitely people in high positions who definitely foresee this and potentially are electing for this and will be weaponizing that kind of uh, violent insurrection spirit. And um, it's just another interesting thing about Pluto. So I just want to speak to some of the things you were talking about, Mel, like the mm -hmm. idea, like, like food prices increasing, like, like I, I have this, I, I've been thinking for a while that Pluto and Aquarius will have something to do with like the who pandemic treaty. And it, there is a way in which they kind of, it does, the timeline for this treaty is supposed to um, be finalized by February, like spring of 2024, which is uh, actually about the time when Pluto returns to Aquarius. Pluto, I think, returns to Aquarius in uh, February of 2024. Uh, so I think it's January, but close enough. Interest, yeah. So, so there's, um, so I could almost see it as like, there there's like you know food prices will continue to mount and cost of living cost of living will will uh increase uh between now and then and then um people start getting fed up with that and then all of a sudden some other you know there'll be some kind of manufactured health crisis and people will be just freak out because it's like oh we have to deal with this again like the economy's in shambles and you're going to make us lock down again no like so i i that's kind of what i see um or anticipate 
but well yeah, i was gonna I, say earlier too sorry i'm just gonna go ahead and say this go before ahead. i forget um that so for an interesting point of view on the lockdown stuff we never got lockdowns for um covid where i am in atlanta mm-hmm. we got mm-hmm. lockdowns for civil unrest mm-hmm. they put up curfews and lockdowns for that it was never a covid thing so my thinking is i wonder you know no matter what happens you get the lockdown so this is like one of the re- like this is how a jail works you're too loud lock it down um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what caused the loudness. It could be a, a rowdy card game, a fight, an argument over food. It doesn't matter. In the end, you get the lockdown. So that's kind of what the my outside opinion on that. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. Mel. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I think that's where you get the um Aquarius being groups of people. So it's what are the people doing and and that like impulse to try to control their movements and 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 yeah, so definitely, I think it's going to be different in different places, it's, as we've already seen, as you pointed yeah. out, you you got civil unrest lockdowns, um, other places got, you know, I'm in Canada, so we got COVID lockdowns here. Yeah. Um, and then in other places, it was no lockdowns or really, uh, I've already seen and I can't remember where it is now, but they're, they're trying to do the climate lockdown now, right? Like, right. The, okay, you can't go, you can't drive your car on this day. And actually, I think Mexico City has actually done that for years. Um, where they, you know, you have like a, whatever your license plate starts or ends in, you can only drive it on certain days of the week right. and stuff like that. So there's definitely going to be that coming through. So again, it's just con- controlling movements of people and groups of people in different ways. But with Saturn being in Pisces, coming up to a conjunction with Neptune, now that conjunction does not go exact until uh, 2026, but it gets really close a few times before that. Um, so yeah, they, and it will, you know what, it's actually, what's really interesting is, um, Saturn and Neptune get really close to each other in Pisces, but they don't complete the full exact conjunction until both of them pop into zero degrees of Aries. And that happens in 2026. So they, they never come fully together in Pisces, but they're, they're going to be kind of dancing together. And I mean, if we think about Saturn being, you know, these, these, um, like control mechanisms, structure, order, rules, and things like that. And then Neptune is like, the dissolution of boundaries Pisces in particular is where, you know, boundaries get dissolved. So Saturn's going to have fun with that. Uh, And Neptune is like illusions and fantasies. So there's going to be a real sense of like shifting, like what are the rules and the rules of the game are going to get like, people are going to change them part way, or they're going to, you know, like I think just rules and and structures in general are going to get really murky um, for better and for worse. Again. So for people who are truly oppressed, this is a time where you can, overthrow governments or overthrow tyrants because you're like you know what those aren't the rules anymore you don't get to control us and you know here you go french revolution right um but on the flip side of that it's people pushing boundaries that shouldn't be pushed that are there for a good reason and we do need boundaries and structure so yeah so that's the flip side is you need to be careful of that and and just be careful of any sort of mob or crowd situation to be honest i'm not going to be going into any like major crowds like i not that i go party all the time but just avoiding those situations because yeah there's a real sort of mob mentality that's going to start to could that also bear out in the form of like local locally disregarding federal um laws and prescriptions like it reminds me of when i was in new orleans um this time last year and there were signs on all the bars that said, you know, you must not enter without a vaccine mm. as per like 
mandated by the the state or the city or whatever, but no one was actually enforcing it. So yeah. you have that like weird kind of gray area of like yeah. yeah. And totally. that, that will the always, rules, that will happen. Yeah. Like, here's yeah. the rules, whatever. Yeah. So on, on my local level, actually, it's really interesting. Um, so in Canada, we're rule followers. So we all went along with the rules. But um, Alberta, the province I live in, just passed a sovereignty act, which gives the provincial government the power essentially to overturn federal legislation that it deems to be, you know, detrimental to the people of Alberta. So there's also that, like, I think pulling down from a, a like a higher federal type level of power and control, pulling it down to more local levels. And so you are, that's again, where you're going to see very different things in very different places, because depending on how that place is operating, are they listening to, you know, the powers that be at the top or are they kind of going, yeah, sure, whatever. And then on day to day life, everyone is just doing something else. Yeah. yeah I think that they're, which is a great opportunity to really evaluate where you're living and if you're living in a place where you know they're following the rules of whatever is being mandated from some people who don't even live in your country um you know maybe you need to reevaluate that that can also get quite kafka-esque because then you have people enforcing the rules at their leisure because it suits them right so like yeah I'm not going to enforce this 90% of the time, but I don't like you. So I'm going to enforce it on you. Yeah. There is a real blurriness with, with Saturn and Pisces co-present and then conjunct Neptune. Like Mm -hmm. Mel, you were talking about like Saturn gets very close to the uh, conjunction with Neptune uh, during the time of Pisces. It's never exact until Mm -hmm. Aries, but um, they get quite close enough, you know, I was going to use the term close enough for government to work, but let's say close enough for government not to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're going to see like definitely like this, like uncertainty, this kind of like, you know, the, um, the Saturnian archetype um, of control of governance of hierarchy is going to be on very, very, uh, very mm-hmm. confused and overwhelmed and trying to keep up with everything. And it's going to like, for, so the next few years are going to, there is opportunity here to kind of just do what you want, like kind of like to, to, to just kind of bend the rules. Cause the rules are going to get kind of soupy and like, uh, um, hard to enforce, right. They, like heretofore, they've been quite, you know, enforceable. There's been, a, um, but mm-hmm. it's going to get blurry and you're going to, there's going to be a lot of ways to just like, you know, yeah, again, do what you want. And it's just so interesting that, the saturn neptune conjunction like finally goes exact in aries Mm -hmm. which is where saturn is fallen Mm -hmm. so that's where saturn actually does not do well that's like so that to me suggests like collapse in a lot of areas and that's 2026 that's 2026 yeah so we've got some time but that is the next major sort of outer planet conjunction that's happening um and so Think of, you know, March 2023 with Saturn going into Pisces is the start of that beat up. So that's interesting. Yeah. Jack, what you were just saying made me think of like, so that's like a great time for some, some anarchist magic, right? I was like, just going to say my inner anarchist is welcoming this, quite frankly. I've had yeah, enough yeah. of governmental control that yeah, I'm just like, totally. anarchy, bring it, bring it. Yeah. And, and obviously that, that, that doesn't take place in 2023. But it's good to know, like, to situate what we're talking about in the longer narratives. Like, so I do think that, yeah, Saturn, Saturn and Pisces is going to commence this, uh, this, uh, um, the, the, you're going to start to see the wheels of governmental control start to get a bit wonky. 
And uh, that that's something that's going to, uh, in my opinion, continue into 2026. Like it, that'll reach an important denouement in 2026 with the Saturn-Neptune mm-hmm. conjunction in Aries. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that's one to watch, but we're, you know, that is ahead of things. So just yeah. going back to March, 2023. So, so we talked a lot about now Saturn and Pisces and, and sort of, yeah, the difficulties to maintain order in the face of dissolving order. Um, and then also Pluto into Aquarius, but so Mars going into Cancer. Now, again, this marks the end officially of the Mars retrograde period through Gemini since, you know, September-ish or whatever, uh, 2022. So it's good in a sense of that it gets Mars back on, you know, straight and narrow and he's going to start picking up speed and, and Mars enjoys that. However, Mars not happy in Cancer um, and Mars going into Cancer is really sort of. I think a time where people may be feeling especially vulnerable. Um, and so given that we get those major shifts of Saturn and Pluto right before that, I think that March is going to be a time where people are going to be feeling like, like vulnerable, like you're, you're going to be like some, something maybe is going to happen and it's going to be scary. And people are just really going to, I see it as like, like sort of wanting to build their, their bubble around themselves and just be like, Oh my God. And what do I need to protect? And, and just sort of a sense of like feeling threatened on a very personal, emotional home front level. Yeah. Um, so that that's going to be, you know, luckily Mars, you know, only is there for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, so that, that's going to be, I think that, that initial time period kind of taking us up to when Pluto then dips back to Capricorn. Um, it might be like, especially emotionally kind of raw. People. I think people are going to start to realize things and, and, and more than maybe we already have been depends on kind of where you are. Right. But yeah. if, if things really start to fall apart or if things just really are, it's so clear that like the structure and order and like the rules that we've been following don't make sense or aren't enforceable. Like people are going to start to really lose it. Like you can kind of see it now. Like, I mean, Tim, you're, you're down in a place where you never really had the lockdowns in Canada. We're still, there's still some people clinging to the pandemic. You know, there's still a decent number of people who are masked out in public. There's constant calls for them to bring masks back into the education to schools and things like that. So there's some people who just really won't let go of COVID. Um, and so, yeah, so I do wonder about that. Um, and again, this is a regional thing, right? Like it's going to be going to be different, but some people just really won't let go of that. And if they are forced to realize like the whole thing we've been told for the last three years, is kind of a pack of lies, like to actually come to terms with that, that's some dark night of the soul type stuff. And if that happens on a bigger level, like that's, it's going to be, oof, just try to be there for the people in your life who are losing it. I guess. The, the danger the, of internalizing all that stuff is that you build an ego out of it, which I wouldn't recommend, but yeah, here we are, Jack, you were going to say something. Well, it's just Mars's ingress into cancer is, uh, happens within two days of, uh, basically the same time as Pluto's ingress into Aquarius. So there's a way in which I feel like that ingress is underlining the 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 pluto ingress into aquarius like because they're, they're just so coterminous that it's like you know going back to what we talked about like last time pluto changed signs like going to clapper and like there was this you know uh the 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 financial crisis of 2008 and so i kind of think that like pluto and aquarius is going to immediately there's something something's going to happen like i feel like there's some kind of you know let's i mean i i keep harping on this who pandemic treaty but i i i do somehow you know and you know 
I'm 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 willing to put my <laughs> head on the guillotine for this, um, but uh, I that, do man. think that there'll be some <laughs> kind of like just health crisis in some in some way to uh, that 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 almost has been elected for Pluto and Aquarius, and um, the Mars going into Cancer at the same time almost seems like the enforcement of uh, of some kind of thing like you know lockdowns and or vaccine mandates. And um, because Mars is fallen in Cancer, which is you know a place not not where Mars does not have much strength, like I almost kind of see this as like a an ineffectual campaign to enforce these rules, like because it, it'll be ineffectual. And it you know it probably as you know as you guys mentioned the, um, I think it'll also be coming to it'll be a lot of like emotional turmoil. Cancer being very emotional and Mars just being you know hot yeah. and agitating. So um, I think people's response to whatever happens um, will, yeah, it'll be a very uh, emotional time. People will be very distressed and there might be a sense of like, not can't really do that much about it. Right. Like it's like, there'll be a sense of almost like impotency because Mars Mm -hmm. is kind of impotent in cancer. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, but I do think that it's underlining what, whatever Pluto's ingress into Aquarius. I, I I'm almost certain that, there'll be some kind of moment where it'll be like some kind of event, some kind of global event where it'll be like, yes, Pluto and Aquarius. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this and wondering, um, so, so just to go back, I, yeah, I think that the initial dip of Pluto into Aquarius is like, there's going to be big things happening with social type structures and whatever that might be air type things. Um, And then it will just, there'll be crazy things happening. You'll be seeing them in the news or whatever. And it's just going to be like, ah, I'm feeling very attacked personally, even if it doesn't necessarily affect you on, on a, on a, your own level. And then that's the Mars and cancer, just taking it home, even if it might not even have any bearing on you. Um, so I was, I was wondering, I don't know if we'll get something, maybe when, when Pluto goes right into Aquarius, we may get something actually after Pluto goes back into Aquarius or Capricorn, pardon me. Uh, in June and then after, because I was looking at the last time, um, so Pluto, when it went from uh, Sagittarius to Capricorn, so it ingressed Capricorn in January 2008, pardon me, and went back into Sagittarius June 13th, 2008, and then the bankruptcy of the Lehman Brothers was on September 15th, 2008. So Pluto was actually at the very end of the last sign that it was just starting to move out of when we got the, what's considered the official start of the, the financial crisis. Now, obviously, the, those dominoes had been stacked up for some time, um, but the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy was really like the finger pushing the domino that just sent the huge cascade, right? And then Pluto didn't go back to Capricorn for good until November 2008, so just after that. So I, I'm actually really looking at the second half of um, 2023 is potentially maybe we get sort of something Pluto related big happening, maybe. And I know that totally flies in the face of what I think I said at the the top of this, which is that, yeah, all the actions in the first half and then the second half will be like sorting that out. But who knows, maybe it will be, yeah, we get these shifts happening and then we get like a, a conclusion slash a start of something else, which is, you know, the, the conclusion of Pluto's time in, Capricorn. I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Do you want to get in on the conversation? I've teamed up with Numenauts to offer you the opportunity to do just that. For only a dollar a month, you'll get access to Numenauts.club, a Mastodon server for animists and artists that brings together the Nightbird Radio and Soapbox podcast communities. Just click the link that I've provided in the show description to get started. Now let's get back to the conversation.
so let's use that as um as a impetus to move forward um into the second quarter uh eclipses so the eclipse yeah. season really starts in uh so the first eclipse of the year is april 21st 2023 it's a solar eclipse at 29 aries so that marks the shift of the um eclipses going into libra and aries instead of scorpio and taurus and then the second one is May 5th, 2023. It's a lunar eclipse at 14 Scorpio. So back to that axis. Um, so yeah, so eclipse season happens in the spring there in the second quarter. And, you know, we get a little one that happens at, in 29 Aries. So it'll be like kind of poking, poking that side of it um, because the nodes are shifting. And where is, I think the nodes shift over the summer. And I don't have that date in front of me right now, but eh, uh, they later. change signs in, on July 17th. Okay. So, yeah, so they're shifting from Taurus Scorpio into um, Aries Libra. So, yeah, so yeah. The, so the eclipses kind of move out of that. So, I mean, the eclipses being across Taurus and Scorpio really highlighted um, Uranus and Taurus. And then, you know, all of the things that represented, like, um, the instability of the things that should be fixed and stable, represented by, you know, Taurus. And then also because Uranus was square to Saturn, that whole time Saturn was in, in Aquarius. So it was like the, the constant push and pull we've seen for the last two some years. Uh, these are the rules. No, screw your rules. I'm going to break your rules. And then like just constantly like here, okay, here we're going to put it this order. Oh no, that's all that order has all been destroyed, right? So that's that's ending now with with um, Saturn going into Pisces, um, and then with the eclipses, like there's still a little bit of that instability in the eclipse cycle with it being in in you know half of them are happening in the um, the sign where you know either opposite or where Uranus is, but we will start to see that shift away into the Libra and Aries axis, and I think maybe hopefully, I mean you know me, I hate eclipses, but um, there's less happening across the Libra Aries axis for a while. So I'm hoping maybe that means eclipses get a little less juicy than they have been, quite frankly. That would be um, nice. So yeah, it would be. Yeah. I mean, one way to think about the like you can definitely see like a war peace axis with Aries and Libra, like Aries being, you know, Mo, you know, Mars ruled and Libra being Venus ruled. Like they're definitely in thinking with that node nodes change, like I definitely see like the impetus is towards conflict because the North node is about, you know, where it, it's desire. It's kind of where the energy is heading towards. And so with the things going on with like, you know, war that, that have that's been transpiring over the last like year, 18 months or so, it's definitely interesting that you see this, um, uh, this this no change around that point so that that i do see that as an acceleration of the war story um it's uh it, it might not be immediately but it definitely is going to put the energy i think towards uh conflict on a global scale yeah it's uh i mean it's interesting to think of it in terms of it's still in mars and venus signs right like we're going yeah. from taurus and scorpio which is sort of the night houses of um venus and scorpio and it goes into their day houses so into mm. Libra mm, and uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Aries, yeah. So yeah. it kind of moves it from like out of the dark into the into the light, so to speak. Uh, yeah. But it's still that dynamic between Mars and Venus in a big way. So so watching them around that time will be important too. So right? would that be like that? Almost brings to mind like a shift from covert action, cl you know, clandestine attacks on uh, infrastructure to like something a little hotter. Yeah, could, could be. Yeah, track? I mean. 
Yeah, it does. And, and I mean, um, yeah, so there, there's so much with that. So like Libra is, so I have a Libra moon. So I, I'm like, yeah, Libra, you know, we're about balance, but like, we're not necessarily always about peace per se. Um, no, there is, there is a sense of wanting to maintain harmony or else though, <laughs> I would say uh, yes. with that, with that natively. Um, and like, let's not forget Saturn is exalted in Libra. So, you know, there is that level of like, these are the rules and we will enforce them for everyone's good. Now, luckily, Saturn is a long time away from Libra, so we don't have to worry about that per se. Um, but yeah, so more, I guess I could see like just sort of like outward type of um, manifesting, I guess, of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. you're heading out of the notes, like even it, it is a Venus Mars axis with Taurus and Scorpio, which is what we're having right now. But um, it'll act the, the 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 rulerships will change sides with this uh, nodes change. So the North Node is currently in Taurus, which is Venus ruled. So like, and you can kind of see that and just in the collective with just people just kind of being like, well, you know, I just want food. Like, and food's increasing in prices, and like, I just want to, you know, people are, I think, much more concerned with necessities and taking care of themselves and their families at the moment, and then um. I think that no change in, with the North node going to Aries is going to be people will be much angrier at that point. And um, it could also be that, that, that now that I'm thinking about it aloud, it's kind of like, it, it kind of goes with that Pluto into Aquarius, that kind of the, the riotous kind of quality that uh, mm -hmm. we were describing before. Like, I think people will get kind of angry. Like it's not that people will be less interested in, getting uh you know foodstuffs and taking care of themselves but it, it's possible that that'll contribute to be like okay now i can't get my food so who do i have to blame for this you know yeah and I, um and potentially it, that, it, yeah sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say that that could potentially be weaponized in the sense of like well it's like we don't have food because so and so did a cyber attack on us and mm -hmm. you know now and so so they'll try to direct that people's uh anger towards uh and try to channel it towards uh you know a war campaign potentially yeah could be but again like again with uh saturn being in pisces by this time i think i think they have less power to to direct the mob energy you know like i think because mm -hmm. that's the thing about mob energy is it's going to be unpredictable and uncontrollable to some degree so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've certainly gotten actually angry in the grocery store <laughs> in recent months because of how expensive things are and i don't see that changing like i don't know if you've experienced that either of you but it was it was just a few weeks ago it was the first time I, I actually i looked at the price of something and i went are you fucking kidding me like i was actually really angry that this is now what i have to pay if i want this thing and some of the things I was looking at, one was toilet paper. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I need to buy that. So, yeah. So when 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 the staple goods and, you know, let's just toilet paper, I guess you don't need that technically. But um, but food, you know, right. When you're looking at the price of, of anything, <laughs> pick one, meat yeah. especially. It, yeah. People will be getting angry and people will also be like suffering and not being able to actually feed themselves properly and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it so all leads to <laughs> revolution eventually. Mob directed anger um out of hunger and out of need, I can see being just as yeah, those are yeah yeah, we the other thing we didn't talk about actually is um Jupiter, Jupiter <laughs> we should talk Taurus, about him yeah. because he's you know 
he's our he's our good guy. If there's if we want to look at some silver linings and stuff. Um, so Jupiter starts off the year. Um, sorry, I'm just backing up my. Before we do here. that, if you want to oh, look yeah. it up, I need to take a restroom break. All right, let's do a break. Want to hang out with other night birds and soap heads? For only $5 a month, you can gain access to the Polytechnic of the Numenauts, a private Discord server for artists, animists, and searchers that brings together the Nightbird Radio and Soapbox podcast communities. Just click the link I've provided in the show notes to get started. Now let's get back to the conversation. Jupiter goes into Aries at the very end of 2022, so right before Christmas on about, uh, looks like, December 20th. And so then Jupiter is going real fast for like all of 2023. Like he rips through Aries very quickly and then gets into Taurus um, sort of in that second quarter. I'll get the uh, exact date up here. May 16th. May 16th. Perfect. Yeah. So the second quarter then, I mean, we have our taste of Pluto and Aquarius. We got some eclipses going on and and the shift happening there. And then we've got um, Jupiter going into Taurus. So. I I think that's good. Like I think Taurus is or yeah, like Jupiter's fairly happy in Taurus. Um and he's, he can bring some hopefully good luck and optimism into those areas. Now, the flip side of that is um Uranus is there. So this is gearing up to a Jupiter Uranus conjunction that will happen later in the year. And I know the sort of the the main hot take is oh, Jupiter is expansion. So when he conjoins Uranus, we get expansion of, you know, Uranian chaos and disruption and things certainly could be um i tend to think of jupiter as being a little bit more balanced than that though um i think jupiter is going to try to help um now it may not work um, but i do think that we'll get some some help with all the issues happening in the taurus realm like with the unstable food and things like that um i don't necessarily see that being a deflationary quality though (laughs) so i yeah i I don't see that helping with the food prices you know not continuing to rise per se unfortunately but um there may be some other unexpected boons that come out of that yeah it's um one interesting thing about jupiter and taurus is that it will be entering into sextile relationship with saturn so there's a part of me that wonders if that won't correspond to some degree of rationing Mm. uh, just because it's, you know, Saturn in relationship to Jupiter and in, in the sign of like food and material goods, you know, so it could, it could be about uh, limiting in that regard, Um, but potentially in a, you know, in it, at least uh, an attempt to be helpful. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting interesting take on it um we also get with pluto going back into the end of a capricorn now it'll be by sign not you know by exact degree but we get um jupiter and uranus in a trine relationship to to pluto um again across capricorn and taurus so you know trines are considered like a supportive aspect but what are they trying to support well it's you know (laughs) profound revolutions in the um food sphere or the other like things that are supposed to be stable so yeah yeah so i mean it's it's an interesting thing to watch for sure Uh, i have to admit i haven't fully wrapped my brain around the jupiter uranus conjunction in taurus and what that might bring because there were just all these other things to look at in the year but um 
Yeah, like Jupiter will be trying to help with that type of thing. And it's going to just be a question of what can he what can he yeah. accomplish in that spot? Yeah. And it might just be an os- like what ostensibly looks like an attempt to help. Like, you know, like um, there was uh, like Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. You know, uh, one one result of that was the covid vaccine. Right. And that was ostensibly an attempt to help, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, judge them by the fruits they bear sort of thing, you know? So um, that was, again, yeah, something that was advertised as something to help, but was in fact, you know, not exactly uh, uh, as advertised. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, you know, Jupiter conjunct uranus could in taurus could potentially be something along the lines like you know the the bizarre fake meat type of thing like that gets you know rolled out um for you know widespread distribution or something along those lines like here here's a here's some uh fake uh uh here's here's some synthetic meat that we've grown Mm -hmm. it's it's like a plant It's, it's ethical and uh but it like you know gives you mad cow disease or something. Oh God. Yeah. So the Uranus and Taurus is definitely aligned with like um, uh, innovations in the food industry. Um, so it went, it was in there in like the thirties and, and some, yeah. some, some big shifts that happened around then. And, yeah. and with agricultural practices, both good and bad, you got like massive monocultures like happening, monocropping and things like that. But you also, um, it was actually really tied to the advent of like biodynamic farming, which was like the total opposite of that. So, um, yeah, again, good and bad, right? Like there's, yeah, there's, there's going to be innovations, but they might be like Frankenstein meat, which maybe you shouldn't eat. Or I guess it's maybe if it's not going to outwardly hurt you per se, but it might not sustain you the way you would, you know, hope that it would. Now with more prions. <laughs> and i just realized that the reason i didn't actually go too deep into why um the jupiter uranus thing is because it doesn't go exact until 2024 yeah. it does get it does get close they kind of come up to each other a bit um but yeah the actual conjunction doesn't happen until next year um so, so will, will we see will, maybe a taste of what that will mean oh totally i think we will yeah, yeah. because jupiter's gonna kind of get get pretty good into taurus before going retrograde so yeah mm. Yeah, Jupiter, I think will 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 put at least attempt to help in uh, in terms of the you know food crisis, and um, it's um, and there's like some I was reading something that apparently Jupiter has like there's some notion about secret dignities about planets having secret di- dignities like it's like um, Jupiter uh, like doesn't traditionally have uh you know much in the way of dignity in taurus like it's peregrine technically Mm -hmm. but there's some notion that like jupiter's jupiter's up seems to do well in taurus you know and potentially has some kind of perhaps undiscovered dignity in taurus yeah i think it's the moon connection personally like i think the reason i said i think jupiter um is is kind of happy in taurus is because the moon is exalted in taurus and Jupiter is exalted in Cancer, the moon mm-hmm. sign. So I think there's like a there's a connection there where, yeah, like even though he's peregrine, it's yeah, he, I think it's it's a better place for him to be than maybe Aries, I would say, where you don't really see him helping really with too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean that kind of takes us to 
like the the second half of the year, I guess. And we've, we've been yeah. kind of, you know, talking all over the place. But so again, Pluto dips back into Capricorn in June. And then, you know, come July, um, I would say one of the big stories is um, Venus, who has a retrograde period. Um, and that starts. July 22nd is the start of the retrograde. Okay. Yeah. And this is in Leo. So yeah, Venus will go retrograde for a few weeks through Leo. Um, and that'll be sort of, yeah, sort of over the summer period and into the early fall. So, um, you know, Venus goes retrograde every 18 months. It's not like a crazy rare thing by any means. Um, and it usually tends to hit, I would say on a more personal level, um, just with Venus being a personal planet. And so it'll be a time period where you will, you know, look at your Leo house in your chart and, and what, what Venus and the sun is also located in your chart as well. With of course the sun being the ruler of Leo. Um, it's a very solar, obviously um, retrograde for her. I was thinking about this in terms of what does that mean for um, the Kings of the world? Right. So, um, and I know there, like I've heard all sorts of things about uh, maybe they're just unfounded conspiracies, but Hey, I love those uh, about how King Charles is not actually going to be crowned. So to actually have a coronation, which should happen sometime next year. I don't know if it's been scheduled yet. Um, but yeah, I don't look well, like Charles is not popular. And if food prices keep going crazy, and I mean, you know, Pluto and Aquarius, it kind of brings to mind like French Revolution, right? Like they were mad at the king because he's the leader. And when things get shitty on a personal level, people get really mad about that. So, yeah, I mean, that was just my initial type of impression with that. I mean, and with Venus, it'll, it brings into mind partnerships of all kinds, right? Like what is that on a personal and, and global level, right? So, um, yeah, time to sort of reevaluate partnerships. It makes me think of the strength card for some reason. Uh, there's like a kind of a, you know, I mean, is that just mm. me? What, like with the lion and yeah, no, yeah, I could. She's holding could the mouth that. of the lion. Yeah. Yeah. No, Venus retro. I, actually, I like that. Yeah. Cause you've got the lion is a very solar type of archetype Leo, obviously. So, and then, um, yeah, with the, with the, with the woman there being Venus. Yeah. So it'll also be a time just on a personal level, Venus retrograde periods can be, <laughs> they can be tricky for relationships and specifically exes and things like that coming back or, you know, so just be mindful of all of that. It is over the summer though. So, Hey, could be a good time to have some flings or something. Enjoy your mm -hmm. life. Even if everything else is going crazy, but yeah. Oh, it's May 6th. Okay. Sorry, I, while we were talking, I just looked up. So there is a date booked for Charles's coronation, Saturday, May 6th. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> interesting, be, yeah. Interesting. It'll be before that that retrograde for sure. Um, hmm. Jack, thoughts on Venus retrograde in Leo? It it I was thinking with it a bit. It isn't uh, something that I I've been um, paid attention too much. Because there's so many other things, like, you know, a lot of my attention went to the other transits we were talking about. But there's almost like this kind of like, since it's taking place in summer, like, I kind of almost get like a fuck it, we ball kind of vibe from, from Venus retrograde. Like, just because it's like, I think so much is going to happen before then that, um, and people are going to be like, okay, well, what now? And then summer comes along and it's like, well, these are the ways that 
I've historically enjoyed myself because Venus being about enjoyment and pleasure. It's like, and then perhaps that retrograde is about, well, it's like with, with whatever transpires earlier in the year, it might be like people thinking about like, well, what are the ways that I can enjoy myself now? Like, it's like maybe like um, prices have increased to such an extent where, you know, um, usual leisure activities become prohibitively expensive. And uh, so it might be like kind of think, well, how is it that retrograde might be, be about rethinking uh, ways of enjoying oneself. And it, I got the impression that it's kind of happy. Like it's not, it's not a, a sullen retrograde. Like it's not like Venus retrograde in Virgo. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I, it's it fiery. Seems kind of, it's Venus fiery. Leo wants to be seen. She wants to go out yeah. and have a good time. So yeah, it's I mean, got Babylon yeah. energy, man. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, it is also, uh, co-present with the sun. Um, so do, um, and there'll be a Kazemi actually on, um, August 12th. So, um, I think, uh, it, it actually looks kind of pleasant as far as Venus retrogrades go. Yeah. I mean, Leo's, you know, buckle up cause you're heading into some, <laughs> I won't say what I was going to say. It's very rude, but no. Um, no, go for yeah. it. I want, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you're heading into fuck summer. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think it'll be about like thinking about what 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 is actually enjoyable, you know, and does it have to cost a lot? Like, I think it's going to be, yeah, like, fuck it, we ball. I like it. I like it. Ooh. Let's see. Anything else on that before we move into? I don't, no, really, I don't really have next. anything else about that. Yeah, I mean, what's next? So, what's next is um, the rest of the year sort of sort of plays out, and there's not too many fireworks. You know, um, you get Mars kind of chugging through. Pluto will be back in, in Capricorn. Um, Saturn will be chugging through Pisces. So it's it's all going to be kind of like, okay, let's get used to those, you know, those things. Saturn and Pisces in particular be a good time sort of once Mars is kind of clear out of the way and things, we can kind of get more of a vibe of that. Um, and maybe something, you know, maybe Pluto wants to do something in his last little round in Capricorn. That will be, you know, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, the, then the second half of the year, I mean, we get the, and the eclipses in the fall and, uh, and those will be kind of like the biggest sort of maybe events, I would say, um, at that time. Yeah, because, again, Jupiter doesn't get well, he gets kind of close to Uranus, but then goes retrograde. So, you know, mm. that will be at play, but it's not, you know, it's not like the full thing happening. So, yeah, yeah. there is something interesting is that um, Venus stations direct on September 3rd and then Jupiter stations retrograde on September 4th. So mm. the there's some kind of relationship I think there, like once whatever kind of like rethinking about pleasure and enjoyment, like kind of re reaches a conclusion um, with the Venus stationing direct. Like I kind of think like it's, you know, it'll be okay. Well, that's what, you know, recreation means for me now. And then Jupiter stationing retrograde to be like, well, now what do I do about like material goods? Like, what does it mean about like, you know, keeping, you know, body and soul together type of thing. So I don't know that I feel like that means something. The fact that the two benefics uh, station around the same time, one direct and one retrograde. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like that bears mentioning that that means something. I'm not entirely sure what, but 
Yeah, and Jupiter, of course, will be in Venus's sign too. So, yes. so her her stationing direct at that time is actually kind of a good thing for for whatever Jupiter got up to, you know, while he was getting close to Uranus there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully she can <laughs> she can keep it on an even keel. Um, yeah, and then really it kind of takes us into October and we get the um, the eclipse cycle again, right? So October fourteenth is the solar uh, solar eclipse at 21 Libra and October 28th is a lunar eclipse at five Taurus. So those are heavy Venus. Um, I mean, both of those are ruled by Venus. So it's, it's definitely like a big, you know, she, she does kind of get more into the spotlight in the second half of the year because of the eclipse cycle and her retrograde. So, you know, by that point she'll be, um, you know, well past her, her uh, retrograde period. So, which is good um, quite frankly. And yeah, it's, you know, so again, it'll be, pay attention to all of those Venus things in your life. And those might kind of come under the gun during the eclipses. Um, and again, we do see that shift of the nodes will have moved then into the Aries Libra axis. And so then we get the, um, yeah. So then we get for good almost, I think, is there one more in the Taurus Scorpio next in 2024? I can't remember. No, I think this is the last one that happens there. So then it's into Aries and Libra. Yep. And uh, as for what I notice is you have a Mars. Mars is going to be in Scorpio late this year and uh, will be opposing Uranus and uh, having a Kazemi around the same time. And uh, that strikes me as somewhat significant. Um, We'll see how that transpires, but that looks kind of... um, that looks pretty volatile and it's like the renewal of like of of conflict perhaps with the kazimi it's hard to say exactly but i do feel like it's worth mentioning that 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 uh that opposition and kazimi seems uh, yeah that solar eclipse the one at 21 libra so um so Mercury is close by and it's a south node eclipse and Mars will be at the first degree of, of Scorpio trying to Saturn at zero Pisces. So there's a very tight trine between the two malefics. So Mars and Saturn. So it does kind of have that quality to it. I actually like the fact though, that Mars is in Scorpio and not in the sign of the eclipse um, in, which is in Libra, right? I, I kind of want him out of the picture and he's much happier in Scorpio than he is in Libra. So mm. I, I'm just kind of hope, and maybe, you know, the trying to Saturn will like Saturn will keep Mars kind of under control a little bit um, for mm. that. So that's my, that's my optimism for that one anyway. So could be worse, I guess is what I'm saying. I would, I would be much more uh, apprehensive if Mars was conjunct like the South node or something, for example, like in, in Libra at that time, which is not happening. So yay. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, um, yeah, so the second one is, pardon me. So that one is in, um, wait, where am I looking here? <laughs> in Taurus, of course, yeah. And that one, again, um, the moon will be really close to to Jupiter, which is nice. Um, you know, that is that's quite lovely. Again, yeah, it will be opposed quite tightly to Mars. So Mars is bringing some, some fire into that and, and will be with Mercury. So, you know, watch your, watch your mouths at that time, I guess. But uh, yeah. The eclipses, I don't know. They don't, they don't seem as bad as the ones this year. But I'm also Taurus rising, so I'm very biased against <laughs> the eclipses <laughs> that were happening across my first house. Um, yeah, they blasted me. Yeah. Twelfth yeah. house. 
<laughs> and Uranus is still doing a dance on my moon. It's just like <laughs> moved in. Just I live here now. Like <laughs> chaos is where you live, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, you know. I feel like it's been really like Oh, you want to like just have a profound transformation like every six months? <laughs> like can be great, but can also be like pretty tiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, going up to the end of the year, um, yeah, things are kind of, they kind of just kind of chug along. Like there's nothing too major that happens. You know, it'll, it'll be then 2024 becomes the story of, uh pluto in aquarius for good and then you know that's when we'll really know like okay what is this going to start to be about here Mm. yeah i can't help but see that pluto in aquarius as with like a transhumanism yeah there's definitely going to be some of that again social structures right and like what's a human and what's you know a person. So the other thing I did want to point out, and I don't think I mentioned this yet. So at the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, we got the enlightenment. So the enlightenment gave us like some democracy and there was a scientific revolution. And it was really like the rise of science. It was like Descartes, right? It was the Cartesian. I think therefore I am the like split to like whole, like wholesale materialism. The church lost a ton of power. And we, you know, for the last 250 years, almost we've, we've had that sort of like, heavy rational materialist type of mindset and so with Pluto going back to that I actually um I have some optimism for let's maybe revisit that model and does a materialist how's the materialism been going for the world you know and uh, not like you know obviously I'm very biased as an animist so I actually think it might be a good thing um, where we can kind of revisit the things we came up with at that time and can kind of say okay so enlightenment ideals what works, what doesn't work, right? And let's yeah. come up with something else. Because I think transhumanism, like, just, uh, oh, my God, I don't think it works, right? Mm-mm. So maybe that is, you know, us seeing that, but, like, the pangs of that are kind of what worry me, you know? Yeah, some, there's, some there's definitely, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely that, that, like, subset, I think, of people who are so terrified of death, they want they want to stick their consciousness in a robot so they can live forever, um, right. which... Like I, I find completely horrifying, but I'm, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm afraid of death as far as, you know, I'm a, I'm an animal. So you know, we have like an instinctual fear of death, but on the grand scheme of things, it is natural and, and needed and not something to ultimately be afraid of. Um, well, and that only works in a materialist cosmos that downloading yeah. your brain into the computer. Yeah. And we don't really like, that's not where we live. That sounds like a prison, quite frankly, if it works yeah. in any kind, it will be a prison for your your soul (laughs) so i'm not really into that yeah i guess the other thing we didn't mention with the pluto and aquarius thing is we also had the american revolution the last time pluto went into aquarius so that was between 1765 and 1791 so it was it started before pluto went into aquarius but that you know so it definitely was happening in the peak of it was happening right around that and and of course so yeah you got the declaration of independence in 1776 which is right before like pluto was at the very end of capricorn just like he is now and so there's been all sorts of, you know, talk in the U.S. about that and um, speculation about what, because, you know, the, Pluto, uh, the U.S. just had its Pluto return. And and what does that mean for, for that nation? And so, yeah, I really think that um, that Pluto going into Aquarius will be big for the U.S. in particular because it's it's just passing through its return. And 
Yeah. I think I saw something recently like <laughs> Trump had a copy of the Declaration of Independence in a storage locker with some like old socks or something. I don't know. It was just really funny. Like, <laughs> like what, what an image for this, this document that's like, you know, the foundation of this country. And you just say, ah, whatever, like just toss yeah. it in there. That's, yeah. that's very poignant, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think it's uh, uh, Pluto and Aquarius is going to see various factions in the world kind of try to enact their visions for the future. And I, but I, I do unfortunately think it'll get ugly in a lot of ways. Like that just seems to be a capacity that Pluto has. Like Pluto kind of has this ability to just take something and, like, because I've, I've kind of come around to the idea where there's like a debate as to whether or not Pluto should be considered a malefic. Like I've kind of landed in the Pluto is a malefic kind of category and its and its main capacity is to corrupt. And um, it's, um, I think that you'll see um, across the board, just people try to, because Aquarius is very much about the future, like that kind of Capricorn um Capricorns are associated with the past. Like they're two Saturn rule signs, Capricorn and Aquarius. And Sat- like, and you can kind of see with their with Saturn with Capricorn and Aquarius being adjacent, like it's about that kind of is speaking to Saturn's rulership over time. So Capricorn's about the past and Aquarius about the future. Mm-hmm. So it's um I do think that, yeah, people's people, there's a lot of people have an idea about what the future should be like. And I think you're going to see a lot of different groups of people like try to get to, to, to make that happen. And I yeah. do unfortunately think it'll, it'll get kind of uh, ugly. Yeah. There's, well, I mean, again, it's that enforcing of egalitarianism and things like that, right. Where this is our vision and you have to agree to it or we'll mm-hmm. cut your head off. Um, yeah. I mean, on the whole though, like just to, to pull back, I, I generally am optimistic. Um, yes, we're going through some some things that I didn't think I would go through in my life, but here we are. But generally speaking, I, I don't see I don't see a world war. Put it that way. Like I don't see bombs falling in the skies like across the world. I don't see that. Bombs will fall in some places and are uh, as they have since we invented them. Um, but I you know I was looking at some of the transits to try to like to, to actually see like okay. You know, when the world, when World War One started, what was going on? And are we going to get that again? Well, um, not really. So World War One started July, end of July, 1914, right? And in 1914, Pluto ingressed into cancer. So again, it was a Pluto ingress, you know, brought in, brought in that. So you go, okay, well, Pluto ingresses are big, but that also coincided with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in November that year. So again, you had, there was, it was amped up extremely because of that, that conjunction um, and cancer, like being kind of like the home front and things being fought that way. Right. Um, so, it, you know, it was Saturn Pluto actually, you know, they can join in 1914 and again in 1915. So while the war is, is going on. And so, um, you know, that actually gave me some heart because we're not, we're done with the Saturn Pluto. Like it, we had that in 2020, we're moving past that. Um, so that's that's a good thing, I think. Um, you know, Pluto ingressed into Leo in 1937 to 39. That was the outbreak of World War II and the end of the Great Depression. So again, though, there was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Leo 
and August 10th, 1947. So it was kind of in the middle of World War, or sorry, just after the end of World War uh, II, but it had been, you know, kind of coming into force. So again, you have, when you have Saturn Pluto, that's when you see things like world wars and pandemics and all of that break out. And we're, we are past that in a big way. So I think that what I'm trying to say is like, take heart people, because, you know, even though we have a Pluto ingress and those can certainly be um, profound and transformational, it, I don't see it being as bad as like world war one and two, for example. And I, I hope to not be proved wrong in that because, yeah. And I fall somewhere in between those two where I think that I am um, maybe pessimistic on a geopolitical global level, but I'm optimistic on a personal level. Um, and a good example for that, and I think me and Jack were talking about this recently, but um, a good example for this is for 2020 for me was a great year. It was like one of the mm -hmm. best years of my life. Um, you know, and people hear me say that and they're like, what are you talking about? That shit sucked. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well. It just, it's, you know, it doesn't just because chaos is swirling all around me and, and on the world stage doesn't mean I can't um, live my best life. You know, um, it doesn't mean I can't thrive. And that doesn't mean that I can't win the, the, the mind war. If there's a winning there, um, or maybe the best winning is not to play, you know, to quote uh, war games. I do think there's an aspect to which um world war three the the battle like i've said this before and i'll say it again like the battleground is you um and this version of imperialism um they want to colonize you um your body and your mind uh the the optimism there is that i have the ultimate say over uh what happens in my body and my mind i hold sovereignty there so, um, yeah. I'm optimistic there. You know, I think that, um, yeah, I think that, that, that we're in control there. Um, so that they, it can only, if, if world war three is happening in my body and in my mind, they can only win if I allow them to win maybe is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if there's going to be a war, <laughs> I would look at honestly, 2026 ish, like, that you know that saturn neptune conjunction at zero aries like that's that's pretty intense so yeah uh, yeah and then you yeah like uranus going into gemini has always uh, mm -hmm. been quite uh tumultuous for the u.s and uh um so like i just want to speak to the optimism thing because yeah i don't want to be too like because you know i could just make some dire predictions and um you know, but I, I feel like I've been feeling a responsibility to maintain optimism, you know, like that there's that saying optimism is a spell. Like, I think we do need to maintain that. Cause it's like, it's there. Like us, I feel like astrology is a hundred percent accurate, but it's not a hundred percent descriptive. Like there's a lot of different ways that a transit can manifest mm -hmm. and, you know, there's good and bad experience expressions of of uh transits like mm -hmm. even unpleasant ones like there's still like a, a constructive so you know if i this i do think that optimism is is so important right now and that and, and i've been really just trying to sit with uh only resourceful thoughts uh lately mm -hmm. and um it's really quite helped and um yeah just uh i think yeah i think 
everyone has a responsibility to maintain optimism. I think we need to uh, dream a better future and, uh, you know, and kind of just dream it into being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope that didn't sound too hokey. I no, love it. And I love it. I agree too. And again, I do feel like coming out of these, this heavy Saturnian period, it's so easy to fall into like depression and despair. Um, but I, I like, I see the silver lining and um, yeah, like it's, I'm just not, I'm not going to totally devolve into platitudes here, but um, yeah, like it's, it ain't all bad. It really isn't. I'm looking forward. And to also it. I think it's going to get really weird again in good and bad ways. Like I, the, the flip side of that Saturn Pisces thing is, I think there's going to be some coming up to Neptune. There's going to be some like dissociation happening on like a, on a big level. And I think, I think we already see it. Like I know just with the way the media is so captured and um, you know, you can now easily compile a soundbite of like 20 different newscasters from across the country saying the literal exact same sentence, like word for word. So there's yeah. clearly like this script coming down from wherever. And then it's also just, you know, media, um, doesn't have the resources to write its own news at a local level really so much anymore. It's all just kind of coming down from these national organizations and stuff. So um, you're seeing that and being aware of it again, it's very Orwellian, right? Cause it's, it's like, it's, it's news. Is it Newspeak? It's called in that book um, uh, where it's just, you know, they say one thing and then your reality is completely different, right? Like, and if you're not captured by the fear of say COVID or whatever, me not being afraid of COVID was fantastic for me. But then every time I read the news, it was like, what world? Like, this is a different world. They're living in a different world than I am. Yeah. Like, and that's a really tough thing to deal with on an individual level. If all the people around you are like, oh my God, COVID is so scary. Oh my God, we should lock up and we should like keep our kids away from each other forever. And I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? Like, I feel the complete opposite. So it's, yeah. um, yeah. The reality schism is real. And I think only widens. Um, yeah whatever that looks like it's it's we you can already like that's only widening and it's only like i just it just seems like it's upside down world like we're firmly in the twilight zone there's no going back you know but um that old winston churchill quote when you're going through hell keep on going like mm -hmm. applies and um when you're going through clown world you know keep on honking that clown horn yeah and, but again, like it's, it's, it's not necessarily hell. Like there's a lot of opportunities. Like there's, there's a lot, this is fertile ground for opportunities. Um, yeah. you know, a changing, like there's a lot just, you know, there's some quote that I read that I, I saw, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a platitude, but, uh, it's kind of, it's words to the effect of like, if you focus on shit, sh shit grows, if you focus focus on opportunities opportunities grow something to that effect so but yeah just look for the opportunities because uh and it, it it might not be yeah like it's it's what you make of it like you can just make the best of of uh of what's of what's to come okay so so with that in mind and as we close what um what are we looking forward to enchanting for in 2023 what, do y'all have any targets any um enchantments yeah for enchantment interesting interesting question um i've really been doing trying to do a lot now with this current lunation uh, that i just feel so uh so pleasant 
Um, I haven't really calendarized anything in the way of like uh, magic necessarily. Um, I don't. I've been doing a lot of like new thought kind of stuff, and that is uh, not you know super. Like I don't necessarily elect for um, uh, for that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Mel, if you have any thoughts, uh, that'll potentially buy me some time to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like you, I haven't come up with any, like a specific set of targets or, or whatever with that in mind. Um, I mean, given the, the structures and the shifts of things, you know, you could enchant for like finding, finding a safe and happy place of for you in society, like whatever that looks like. So focusing on how you fit in the collective and how you participate in that, given all these Pluto and Aquarius crowd situation type things. So how can you best operate in the crowd? And maybe that's you're not in the crowd and you can find a safe grounds away from it. Um, but yeah, safety in crowds um, and a place in a crowd, a place in society, I think too, is big where um People not having, not feeling like they belong is, is, is a big problem, obviously, right? Like that, this alienation factor. And so if you're going to enchant for something like focusing on this idea of coming together for the greater good of all, um, that's always going to be a great target. Um, yeah, I, I just on a very sort of broad strokes level. Yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah. And you mentioned, Jack, uh, fertile ground. I just thought, ooh, that's a really good keyword for jupiter and taurus so there's mm. probably lots you could do with that jupiter and taurus even again with it not having tons of dignity but i think there's a connection with the moon there i'll have to do some more digging into actual elections but i feel like you could probably find some targets where if like the moon is in cancer uh, or you know taurus even um and you know with jupiter like i think you could probably get some abundance in those those taurus sort of physical things with that like definitely focus on that uh, especially if you're lacking like if you're you need to like get some stuff like some physical stuff then i think right. you, could, you could use jupiter and taurus for that for sure yeah it's uh i think a good area to to target in terms of enchantment would be uh rule bending and or breaking because you know, as we described oh, this, with the yeah. Saturn, Saturn and Pisces, will be good yeah. for bending the rules to yeah. your way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, and like being able to yeah manipulate the system. It'll be very fluid. The system will become very fluid, and uh, will be very absent-minded. Like I do think magic, insofar as magic is probability enhancement, like I think there'll be a lot of opportunity to get a get away with a lot of things that you um at other times would be able to get away with and magic i think will certainly be able to yeah uh push on those levers i think a good example of that so you know they're talking about like well talking about doing you know digital ids and tied to maybe you know health passports whatever that looks like um but you know the government sucks at building technology and it's often broken and I, i've heard stories of people you know trying to get through the airport and um the app wasn't working so you know <laughs> the guy's just waving you through and not actually checking anything yeah, that's the yeah. kind of target that's like yeah those those will be a thing with saturn in um in pisces so lean into that like if you need yeah. to just enchant for like <laughs> the bureaucracy sucks so i don't have to show my papers <laughs> yeah. whatever that looks like something yeah, like that nice. right? yeah. yeah invisibility magic might mm -hmm. also be uh I good i was thinking yeah. invisibility magic too Kind of ties into the 
position in a crowd thing or I don't have a position. I'm invisible yeah. to crowds because if you're yeah. invisible to the crowd, you're not a target. So yeah. Yeah. Just judge. That's a yeah. good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it could be a good opportunity to fake your death, you know, just be legally <laughs> dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I always lamented that that was difficult to do these days, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming back, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Is it though? There's so much surveillance everywhere. I'm I like, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I think All that right. you know, like as I don't know, maybe, and this is just me spitballing on that. Like maybe as because the more that that control that control structure grows, like the more cumbersome and unwieldy it gets. So, like, if you think about, like, a cyberpunk dystopia, like, there are actually rife possibilities for, like, um, manipulating the system to become a different person. I think that's a trope there. So, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's great. Awesome stuff, guys. Anything else? No, I think we definitely gave people a lot to chew on here so yeah. yeah awesome thank you so much for coming on y'all i had a great time thanks um, for having me back on yeah, yeah thanks both of y'all for coming back on um any yeah. promotional stuff that y'all want to go over at all oh sure yeah so uh come to my site if you want to hear more of my astro talk so it's melpriestly.ca um, I do consultations and I also do a lot of blogging and posting. I don't have any of my 2023 writing up yet, but that is one of the projects that I'm really feeling like I need to get up now, now, now. So this podcast is the first of that. So um, yeah, I will be posting stuff about, you know, next year and, and all sorts of other stuff regularly. Awesome. I intend to launch a website before this episode airs uh i have not come up with a name for it i just have a general intention to launch a website where i can where you can book a consult with me i'm also going to be getting into talisman creation um and uh so uh look out for that well awesome thanks again guys and uh enjoy the rest of your weekend yeah you too hey, and the rest thanks. of your 2022 yeah good stuff cheers take care I also wanted to add real quick that as of the time of the publishing of this episode, you can find Jack at jacksteiger.com. That's J-A-C-K-S-T-E-I-G-E-R.com to book a consultation with him. Do you experience weird shit? Do your parents not like to tell their friends about what you do in the woods? Do you make more friends in a graveyard than you do at a party populated by living humans? Do you have interactions with beings that are not strictly considered human? Do other people look at you like you're crazy when you mention talking to trees in casual conversation? If you fist pumped or even just answered yes to any of these questions, you may be a nightbird. So let's sing together. If you'd like to come on the show and flap your gums with me, share your stories, or just talk about the malleable nature of reality for a while, then send me an email at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. That's tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. 
I'd love to have you on the show. But until then, I gotta fly. But before I go, let me say this. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you.